that if it's okay to take a cigarette break, if it's okay to take a coffee or a coffee tea break, break yeah. why it is not okay to take a break to do a few minutes of exercising. Exactly. People try to create a perfect environment. When I have this time, when I this, when this, life is not perfect. Mm -hmm. If I tell you sit upright, people can interpret it in many different ways. But yeah. if I tell you, imagine that there is a really big balloon attached on the top of your head and it is lifting you and pulling mm. you and lengthening everything. Yeah. You're going to actually get much more out of that exercise because you're visualizing. You're using the both hemispheres of your mind to get into that space. Plus, it's easier for your body to do it. Then I realized that there is no perfect thing that and that one shoe does not fit all. We need to custom make these mm. shoes. Mm. Hi, so how often do you do Pilates? I'm sure you have heard that word. And if you haven't seen it, you will have How about those Instagram videos where all the celebs are hanging ups and down and doing weird things, right? Well, on today's episode, I'm going to speak about Pilates. I have an amazing guest. She is going to tell us so much about Pilates. The idea is to understand that how Pilates works with uh, your cognitive effects, how it works with, uh, you know, PCOS and what you can do to if you are sitting at home home or at your workplace. So let's straight jump to the topic and here we have Vesna Jacobs with us. Hi Vesna, Hi. how are you? You're doing great. Thank you for having me here. Great. So I am like so excited for this session because you know Vesna has uh, has been for my Pilates teacher for a decade now and you know I, I, I have learned so many things from her but thank you so much for taking out this time and you know coming here to you know, chit chat and to tell more about Pilates to our audience. No, no, of course, of course. Uh, Fire away. <laughs> great. So, you know, firstly, Vesna, you uh, have a very interesting story, which mm. I know that how, you know, how you uh, started Pilates and what was the reason you, you know, eventually got this, uh, uh, you know, become an expert in Pilates. I would like you to share with our listeners here that what was your journey, which is very, very interesting, guys. You will find it so inspiring. Thank you so very much. Well, I was always very athletic as a child. To me, I never thought of uh, working out and exercising or playing sports as a chore. It was something that was part and parcel of my life. As a matter of fact, I would finish everything, including my school obligations, so I could be active and play sports. Mm -hmm. So I started as a track athlete and then fell in love with basketball. So over a period of time, became a national level basketball player and uh, went to Germany to sign my first professional uh, agreement to become a professional. So that was, my, my life was kind of penned out that I was uh, to play basketball, that's gonna be my living, that's how I will earn uh, my living. Yeah. And there was nothing I wanted more because that's all I wanted to do. And then as the luck wants it, I had an injury seven days prior to signing my first professional contract. Mm -hmm. There was a problem with the injury. I wasn't recovering properly. So six months down the line, I had to have another surgery. And the second time around, I was told, your career is over. Oh, You're God. done. Your knee is uh, ruined beyond uh, repair. And uh, not only you cannot play basketball, but there will be a problem in the range of motion, in the strength. Uh, you will not be able to use your body the way you're used to. Oh God. And you have to, from now on, you have to be extra careful because one more injury and uh, you will be with a stick uh, for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And I was 19 at that time. Now imagine to 19-year-old who had no plan B, no plan. That yeah, was I invested. I cannot, I cannot imagine everything I had. I was anchored in basketball. That was mm. my that world could go to hell. There could be anything could have been happening around me, but I had that anchor, and then that was taken away. Now in those six months between the two surgeries, I gained around 25, 30 kilos. Oh God. 
Just yes. because sitting at home, not doing. I couldn't do. I was frustrated. I was in pain. I was. Uh, th there were three things happening because the more I was practicing, the worse I was getting. Yeah. That was one, yeah. which was extremely frustrating. Because as mm. an athlete, when something is not happening, the rule of a thumb is work harder. Mm. And here, it you was cannot. actually opposite the harder I worked the worse I was getting so that was very confusing very frustrating very annoying secondly I kept on wondering what my life would have been if because there was nothing else for me to do yeah. so who was I without basketball thirdly I was angry with uh, with the circumstances with the god with uh, everything around me so there was a lot of emotional eating because from one side I was used to four or five hours of fitness activity and playing sports per day mm. and suddenly you're not doing nothing yeah. and then you're emotionally eating because you're in pain you're frustrated you're angry you're sad you're I mean and everything in between so 25 kilos plus six months later I was walking with crutches because I couldn't put uh, much uh, weight on the right leg. Uh, right knee was always uh, swollen. Uh, the muscles on the right leg uh, completely wasted. So huge atrophy of the muscles. And then I started having problems on my left leg because for the six months mm. I was compensating. So I got bulging discs. I got cervical issues, got damage on my left hip and my left knee. Because again, I was 25 kilos heavier and really imbalanced yeah i could i could imagine i mean of course when all your weight is at one feet the other side you're not i mean of course the bodies completely go haphazard you know your disc your spine your hip joint i'm sure everything, everything, everything. just goes and then I started smoking and I started drinking <laughs> because, so of, because of the situation. I was like, the hell now? I yeah. said my entire life I was doing everything right and look where that got me. I said, now I'm going to do everything wrong. Uh. Because now when I'm looking at from this point of view, that was uh, what a lot of people actually do when they're dealing with a deep trauma, with a deep hurt. You're trying to disassociate, as, as a coping mechanism, mm. you're trying to disassociate yourself uh, from that the person pain. because then, yeah. exactly, because the more you are that person within that pain, the more hurtful it is. So yeah. you're trying to kind of become diametrically opposite mm. to who you were. So, and that didn't, of course, make me any better. That made things much worse. And then one morning I woke up and uh, I looked at myself in the mirror and I couldn't recognize whom I was looking. That person yeah. I was looking had nothing to do with me and it was such a on one side desperation but on the other side I was like this is my life if I don't change something mm. and is this the path I want to walk regardless to what I have been told and that is the first time I meditated back then I didn't know that was meditation and I sat down and I was like, okay, that's not this sucks. <laughs> like, what are we going to do now? Yeah. Because this is not and getting And how old you. were you by that time? This is now just about before 20. Because all yeah. of this happened in that one year mm. period, right? And uh, I meditated. And that is when I heard a little voice in my head that told me that I could get better. That my body could heal. Mm -hmm. That... I could be better, that I could feel better. So I came out of that space and I was like, okay, great. Now you started hearing voices. <laughs> uh -huh. No, actually, you know, when, when you are in too much pain, you know, when you have too much trauma, the inner voice is something which will guide you because, you know, you're surrounded with so many, you know, people are suggesting you so many things. Okay, do this, do that. But you, one doesn't get motivated till the time you hear, hear the inner voice. Absolutely. Right? And so I, maybe that was your inner voice. That I, was your... 
Uh, I'm coming from a line of healers. Mm. Uh, my mom's side of the family, all the women in my mom's side of the family had had a gift, uh, which was not something was talked about at that time. My mom always had predictive dreams. And oh, wow. I, I have never actually consciously paid that. I always kind of knew what was going to happen. I always kind of had the sense when I woken up after first surgery, I woken up and I looked at the doctor when he came and I said, something is wrong in my knee. Mm -hmm. And they dismissed it. They completely dismissed it. They said, no, it was a big surgery and trauma. And, mm. and I had kind of, and throughout, I kept on telling them something is wrong here. Something which ultimately became actually my reality. And mm. probably what led to that was damage because that could have been prevented. Much more earlier. Exactly. Yeah. So. Now that I am a healer as well, and uh, I work with energy, and I think that mm. that was a primary reason that I was meant to come to India, ultimately. So that I had that voice which was always so deeply suppressed because of the country, of the environment, of that how many years ago was this and people are now much more paying attention to these subtle signs. Yeah. So when I came out of that space, it was like, okay, I can dismiss this. But that same voice told me something was wrong with my knee, which became true. Mm. So I said, what do I have to lose? I'm miserable as I am. I don't have a career that I wanted to. I can't get any worse. And right. is this the life I want to live? Is this the path I want to walk? Or I can be guided by this voice and let me see where it takes me. So I've been following the guidance ever since <laughs> in well, a nutshell. That's amazing how, because you know, 20 and 19, 20 years is very young, you know, and having a, a, like your calling, understanding your calling and taking action on that actually is so right that, you know, a lot of people just completely give up. You know, so you came out of uh, which could have been an addiction. You came out yes. of it very, very in a very prior. But so many uh, youngsters, you know, these days they just give up completely. You know, that's why we hear so many suicidal cases and so many various things. I, I think listening to yourself, you know, like mm -hmm. you said, understanding your body's uh, signal, understanding, being mindful about your thoughts, and then you know, reaching out to something and taking action like you did. Right. It's really very important for anyone who is going through any kind of crisis. See, in, in our human experience, I mean, mm -hmm. we there is a space for every emotion. We all go through the, the parts of despair. We all go through the ecstasies. We all have everything with our life. It is what we shine the light on, mm -hmm. the space we spend. Right. And usually, usually we are going through something. I mean, my own uh, hurt is the biggest hurt in the world. Mm -hmm. we, we all have yeah, yeah. that. Our pain is the biggest. Our yeah. pain is the biggest, which it is in yeah. my universe, where I'm the, the, the master of my universe. Whatever happens to mm. me is the biggest thing. So, but sometimes kind of anchoring that in, in something beyond yourself, in something wiser than yourself, mm. in something higher than yourself is actually really, really important. And I think the younger it is imparted can really prevent a lot of uh, trouble. Mm. So I decided to follow the voice and I was like, okay, what do I need to do now? I said, now I've decided and what do I need? And then it yeah. became, I need to lose weight. I need to condition myself. I need to do. And then the moment I would start, I would get so overwhelmed that I would go ah, yeah. right back into the yeah, where yeah, I came yeah, from. Yeah. Because feel helpless. Be because all of us think of the path as, okay, I'm at the bottom of the hill and now I'm looking at the peak and I was like, oh my God. Mm. So I, I said, forget the peak. I do not know where the peak, what the peak is. Let me just put the head down and one foot in front of another yeah. and do not pay attention to anything else. Yeah. So as an athlete, you do what your coach tells you. When I, I was like, if a voice is telling me that I can get better and everybody around me is telling me that this is it, my body is done. Mm -hmm. I said, I have to find a way. Mm. Yeah. How will I find a way? 
let me try everything. So my path actually and exploration and the reason why I'm still studying, I'm still learning, still experience things is that I went through every single thing that came my way along with education, trial and error, and then would extract what works. Mm. So I started doing the way it's the way it was taught back then. Sounds like it doesn't really work for me, but these three things are good. Okay, let's pick up these three things. Let's move on to another thing. So you pick the best, whatever was working what for was you working at that for point. Me. Yeah. And then I realized that there is no perfect thing that, and that one shoe does not fit all. We need to custom make these mm. shoes. Mm. So, because again, there were injury, there were problems, there is still muscle memory. I was strong and yet I was super weak. So it was very confusing. And then that I have to push it wasn't really working. So I had to learn through my journey how to find that balance, what is to keep walking forward without setbacks. Yeah. What is the next step what you can stay? Exactly. And then the education followed. I got, uh, I'm a qualified nurse. Later on, I finished as a physiotherapist. I'm a physiotherapist. Uh, then I uh, went on to, to, this is like a, now mm. 20 years. A lot of achievements. Uh, <laughs> it was because I wanted to understand. I wanted to learn. I wanted to apply. Yeah. And the only, because wherever and whomever I met who would see my report would say, you can't do this. Your body can't do that. Mm. So I was like, I have to figure out the you way because yourself. I know that yeah. my body can do it. The yeah. voice told me that my body can and yeah. I need to find that path. So I came across Pilates now probably, what, 20 years? Odd 20 years. Mm-hmm. Because everything I tried up to that point, always something was missing. And then I came across Pilates and it was such an eye-opening. First, it was done on the floor mainly, mm. lying down. But it talked not about your limbs, but it talked about your core, core. and how that yeah. powerhouse connects to the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this makes sense. <laughs> I was like, this is that missing link. So I jumped into Pilates, studied it for two years like really immersed myself into it. And my body started changing. In the meantime, I started losing weight. I uh, started, but I would still be bulky and stocky. Pilates changed my shape, elongated my muscles, make my core really strong. And as I started practicing Pilates more and more, I was like, there is something also missing here. So I actually started then taking Pilates upright mm-hmm. in the work because this is our functional space, which is what I know now. Back Kai, then I didn't Kai, know that. Yeah. It just didn't make sense. I said, it's great that I can do all these cool things now on the floor, but I still can't <laughs> do anything when I'm uh, standing uh, up. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that is how I started. I said, what if I take something from here? apply here we start with the base and that is how i started kind of making that into a very unique proposition yeah in fact so you were the first one who told me that how you have to control your core even while you are standing right i remember you mentioning that okay try to suck in your core be strong and then breathe breathe take very easy deep long breath i mean that was again very different sort of thing which you told me but funny thing is that a lot of people uh, understand pilates as uh, just as a fancy exercise which looks very good you know which feels very good and you're not able to see the movement which actually happens when you do it it just the movements are killing guys it it's literally killing so uh, i also joined firstly you know the pilates because it looked good uh, but when i joined you then i realized okay there are lot many things involved in pilates you know, how the mind has to be connected with your body all the time. Because if you're missing anything, uh, you know, you're ju- just losing something. Maybe, you know, you're just doing something wrong. Pilates is a perfect example of a mindful act. Actually, mm. Pilates, what I have taken is I have taken Pilates philosophy and then layer it with the physiotherapy, layer it with yeah. uh, with uh, findings of the core, layer it with the modern science, layer it with uh, functional apply science. Mm-hmm. Because I like it as a philosophy that we need to look at the body as a whole with uh, 
power, the, uh, the powerhouse, the center of power in the middle, and then everything radiates from them, which kind of mm. makes sense, even in terms of the gut health, even in terms of the muscular control, because this is the connection between the upper and lower. Core mm. is a transformer. Core is a, no major movement in the human body cannot be done without a core. So it kind of makes perfect sense to start from there. And the Pilates, the way I teach it, is a micromanagement of the movement. Yeah. And this is the funny thing. It is deceiving. It's, it's deadly. <laughs> it looks very simple yeah, till you yeah, get yeah. to it. Because a lot of people, it's like I spend half an hour just doing a tiniest movement. Yeah. And the person is like, yes, yes. <laughs> and people from the outside, it's like, you do nothing over there. <laughs> so it's very deceiving. But yeah. once you understand that deeper engagement, that uh, you can, you're first developing your own awareness mm -hmm. because your body, everybody I have ever spoken to who came to me for the various uh, slip disc, bulging disc uh, issues, they would say, you know what? I was noticing something, but I dismissed it. Mm -hmm. Noticing so what? that something was off in my back or that my neck would here and there. And then one day I can't walk. Yeah. Those are those subtle symptoms and signals that our body is sending us all the time. Those are those little tiny voices mm -hmm. within. So what I teach people is how to recognize those voices, how to interpret it. And once the body is giving you a flag, you act, you modify, you adjust, and then you're not going to have any major setback. Okay. So that is what the Pilates helps you because when you're so focused on every single part in such a small, minuscule movement, yeah, yeah. your awareness is peaking. But what also happens, it becomes very meditative. Yeah. Okay. So basically, you you spoke about that how mindful one has to be while doing Pilates, you know, because uh, there are tiny movements of the muscle and you really have to, uh, you know, watch and uh, to make it to do more better, you really have to watch the movements. So does Pilates help with the uh, overall cognitive benefits, uh, the mental health uh, and, you know, in general, does it help in that way? Absolutely. Because... Uh... At any given point of time, when we do Pilates, or again, the way I teach Pilates or any movement, there are 10 checkpoints that your attention should be at. Mm -hmm. So how do you breathe? So what is your breath like? What is your posture like? Are you properly aligned? What is your engagement? Mm -hmm. All right. So these are the basic ones. And then what is the me um, mental imagery that you're creating during the movement. Because why people are having cognitive issues, uh, stress situations, uh, or inability, why there is such a wide term, but what helps to improve the cognitive uh, uh, attention or de-stress the body? It's usually that the mind, the, the mind is a brain in action. Mm -hmm. The purpose of mind is to do something. Now, we are living in a really stimulating world. Yeah. There are news, there are channels, there are a lot of distractions. Uh, then we are in our heads, we are in the future, we are in the past. So there's so many things and we start feeling really pulled apart. Then what is the quality of nutrition? What is your lifestyle? What is the quality of your sleep? All of this plays a role in your attention, mm. in your uh, focus, in your stress or respond to a stress. It's normal to have a stress. That life without stress is not a life. Yeah. But the, it can't be at the peak all the time. So that is why people lose their energy, focus, not be able to, to retain the attention or even information for that long. So what this does when you're focusing your full attention on what you're doing at that moment it pushes you into the present time mm. because you do not have the capacity to now think what do i need to do or oh i like this yeah, song yeah. or what is happening at home <laughs> yeah you you'll end have... up in an accident doing that exactly so you're kind of fully aware with the body so first it's safer yeah. Because you're observing your body, so you can connect. So when people get injured in the gyms, mm -hmm. it's like I got excited and I've done this and, uh, and something went yeah. wrong. That cannot happen 
when you're fully aware and within your body. So it's safer. On the other side, it puts you in a meditative state. What is meditation? Focus on one thing. Yeah. So we put that. So it is kind of really nicely. I mean, the, the way I have kind of piloted mm -hmm. the reason that there is actually reason and the logic to it. First, safety of your body, increasing your own awareness. So you're getting to communicate more efficiently with your body. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, it really pushes everything away. And you will feel de-stressed, not because there are less problems in your life, but they're a little bit pushed aside. So you can kind of see them because we start getting kind of claustrophobic when everything piles up and we do not feel that we have a space to wiggle. Right. The moment you kind of create a little bit, it's like, oh, now I can breathe. So usually the consequence of Pilates practice, even a very challenging practice, is that you actually feel more energized mm -hmm. because it is also setting and helping your mind to ease and then because we are using uh, the visual cues if i tell you sit upright people can interpret it in many different ways but yeah. if i tell you imagine that there is a really big balloon attached on the top of your head and it is lifting you and pulling mm. you and lengthening everything yeah you're going to actually get much more out of that exercise because you're visualizing. You're using the both hemispheres of your mind to get into that space. Plus, it's easier for your body to do it because it happens in the flow. Mm -hmm. So when you put all of that together, it is no wonder that it helps with the de-stress. It helps with the cognitive uh, function. It helps with the focus. Yeah, because I mean, I love that the way you uh, told that how uh, you visualizing something, the way you narrate and the client, the customer, they visualize and, you know, they make their body in certain way, the way you narrate. Actually, your mind is already focused on one thing. And then yes. when you are visualizing what is being told to you, uh -huh. it just becomes so much synergy to each other. And absolutely, I remember you mentioning that how breath work is so, so important. Right. I would like you to tell more on that. But I would, you know, that I mean, of course, when uh, cognitive benefits also increase when you control your breath, when you breathe properly, uh -huh. because your brain gets maximum oxygen, uh -huh. which so many times we do not uh, focus so much. And that's why we feel tired. We feel OK. You know, we have done so much of work. But if you take a little bit of a break to breathe deeply, to uh -huh. focus on your breath, I think instantly you feel energized. Does it work with the same way? Why is breath work so important for Pilates? Uh, we are using everything that we have to help us move better. Yeah. So the rule of thumb when it comes to the breath when exercising, when exercising, there are different types of breath, is that whichever movement, because movement is usually in the sequence, you're having plus and minus mm -hmm. or preparation, then you're having a push. Correct. Right? So you're exhaling through the part that is more challenging. Right. Because breath, if you push something out, it actually helps you do something with more power. Mm -hmm. At the same time, when you exhale with a little force, it helps you to shift the air from the corners of your uh, lungs. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're in the active exercising position, you should be using lateral breath, not abdominal breath. Okay, and what's that now? A, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what that. Usually when we're talking, we're in India, right? And yeah. uh, everybody here breathes from the abdomen. Got and it. that is a part of a culture of yoga, yeah. of everything. So <laughs> an abdominal breath is amazing in relaxing parasympathetic symptom, uh, system. That is what uh, kind of calms uh, the body-mind connection, the vagus nerve. So yeah. all of that is connected to the diaphragm, mm. breathing or abdominal breath, whichever mm. way you want to hold it. Which means that when you're breathing in, that you're pushing there, everything expands in all directions. When you exhale, everything comes in. Hmm. That is excellent breath. If you want to meditate, you want to calm down. So you make yourself comfortable, place the hands on the stomach, and then just imagine that again, use the both hemisphere on the mind, because yeah, I really yeah. like always having the cues, the visual cues. So imagine that you're inflating the ball 
within the stomach, and then as you exhale, that ball acts. Hmm. So that is abdominal breath, which is great if you're not exercising. If you're exit, and that breath is meant to relax. Now, if you're looking posturally, if you're looking as a structure from the anatomical point of view, this is the most vulnerable part of the body. Correct. Because it carries the lumbar area, does not have the skeletal support. Mm. The sacral area is uh, grounded and anchored into the hips. Mm. Two sides mm. are put together, so there is a pelvis. Thoracic area is a rib cage, so you're having this massive structure which is holding mm. the thoracic area mm. together. So what is vulnerable? Neck, yeah, and but the there. neck only has this tiny little thing, mm. still heavy, but still has to balance it and bobble it on. Yeah, yeah. And yet, how many people are having a particularly now that we are all on the phones, on the laptops, in the cars, right? But what is really suffering is the lumbar area mm. because doesn't it have a major carries, support. It carries so much of weight. Yeah. It has a huge mobility. This the lumbar area has a much more mobility than your cervical area mm. has. And then you cannot do any major movement without being involved. I can get up without engaging my neck. I cannot get up without engaging my core muscles. Mm. So that is that importance of the core. So the only thing that the lumbar area has to stabilize it are the muscles. Transversus uh, abdominals muscles, uh, external, uh, ob internal obliques, external obliques, rectus abdominis. Right. And then you're having the spinal muscles, gluteal muscles, and pelvic floor muscles. Mm -hmm. So the, and all of them can be trained. So when we are exercising, we want to keep that snatched. Like you want it like, yeah. you want it to kind of create that connection mm -hmm. because the moment I connect my lumbar area is supported a little bit. Exactly. Mm. So again, if I go through the range of motion, I am less likely to injure it mm -hmm. because I can stabilize my back. Mm -hmm. Also great if we then focus more on the pelvic floor uh, urinary incontinence, a Kegel, yeah, I combine yeah, it a little yeah. bit with a Kegel. I, I kind of mix a lot of things together because, <laughs> because it works. It works. Why do you have to do it separately when you can do everything at one time yeah. and benefit on all levels? So, but then how do we breathe? So if this is in and this has to stay in, so ruling Pilates, mm. stomach should be either in or more in. Yeah. You know, there, there is nothing else. Yeah. It's in or more in. Yeah. Where do we want air to go? I want it in my lungs. Mm -hmm. I want it in my lungs. So that is the active breath. So you want to look at your rib cage like a playing accordion. So yeah. you breathe in, it stretches and opens. And you exhale. So mm. this way, I'm still able to breathe properly. I'm getting the benefits from the breath. You should not hold the breath while I'm still stabilizing my lumbar area. Okay. And then if I want to go into meditative state, then I'm going to shift into Belly, because... Yeah. So even in yoga, in yoga, you are supposed to have abdominal breath only once you get to asana and you stay in asana, whatever that asana is. But active part, getting to asana, you should be engaged with the lateral breath. But it becomes complicated to teach it, particularly a little bit of faster forms of yoga. Exactly, because I don't know a lot of, I didn't know about, uh, you know, uh, I mean, of course, I knew that there are two kinds of breath, but what breath is to be used at what time and, you know, what is the purpose? I didn't know that. Because a lot of time, you know, the trainers, they tell you, that, okay, breathe breathe you know just breathe and breathe out breathe but they won't tell you that what kind of breathing you have to do you know and what we end up doing if you ask me i mean i i've mm -hmm. been trained by you definitely so i do focus on my you know mm -hmm. um, the lung breathing the chest breathing but very often when i'm doing yoga or mm -hmm. some other kind of i'm just doing my belly breathing without realizing that okay i have to hold my you know the lumbar area if i'm doing any asana that is all. See, um, now everything is, it depends. Mm -hmm. Everything is okay unless you have an issue. Yeah. If you have an issue, that is when you need to dig a little deeper. So somebody with a back issue 
cannot allow themselves that or should mm. be trained a little differently. Mm. Somebody like you who's super fit, who's in tune with uh, your body, who's uh, well-versed with the exercise, even mm. if you shift and switch, you're not going to have a consequences because the whole purpose is that we want to build and develop a resilient body. Yeah. The body that can tolerate certain amount of imperfection mm -hmm. because that's life. Life is not perfect. There is nothing perfect. So, so you set the base with perfection. This is ideally because we are dealing with imbalance and that yeah. was caused the injury. Once we do that, and once there is that awareness, then we expand, 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 so that you're able to do it not super perfectly, because again, life is not perfect. Mm -hmm. So it's okay if you do it. However, if you do have uh, injuries, if you have a back injury, if you have a neck injury, that is when this micromanagement or what is done when with what purpose mm, that makes a huge, yeah. it, it's a game changer. And again, one shoe does not fit all. Exactly. So that is how we, however, I find that this is the foundation. If you learn this, is for, it's applicable to everything, keeps you safer. So there is no downside. So it's a win-win. Mm -hmm. And then if you carry that with you, you will carry it safely everywhere. If you have injury, then that is must. Okay. So, I mean, uh, that was quite the information because uh, now I know that, you know, what breath to be used at what time. I'm sure my listeners are also learning and noting it down. You know, speaking about, uh, you know, perfection and uh, of course, life is not perfect. But a lot of time, I mean, particularly I have seen so many young girls, they are facing PCOS. Mm -hmm. right? A lot of time they it's because of stress, because of, uh, you know, their uh, late night being too much into phone maybe there are various reasons and too much of junk food too, too much of uh, uh, you know estrogen mm -hmm. which they are eating through their food and you know the toxins around the atmosphere uh, how you know I'm sure a lot of people with PCOS come to you as well so what do you recommend them and is Pilates helpful for them if somebody is having you know PCOS absolutely absolutely see Again, it depends on case to case. Yeah. Uh, Pilates as a concept is so wide, and that is why I like it. That's why I say I base everything in Pilates, and then we branch out into different modalities depending mm. on who is the person I'm working with. Right. So, and that is why I love it that I can work with uh, uh, spinal injury patients, and I can work with uh, athletes and everything and everyone in between, regardless to age or uh, or a sex or a gender of mm. a person. So, in particular, when it comes to um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. The root cause can be stress, environmental, genetical predisposition, hormonal issues, right? So that is one side. However, it is scientifically proven that adding mindfulness, adding exercise, and core exercises do help with the symptoms and do help it uh, kind of in the long run also sort it out. Mm -hmm. So the reason being, because again, you're working on your uh, mind, you're de-stressing, you're engaging your body, you're strengthening your core. Mm. Uh, also, the feeling of the pain uh, can be reduced uh, through a gentler core workout. It can be you're connecting with your uh, internal uh, path, right? And uh, interesting fact, um, my daughter is now 15 years old. Uh, right before I conceived her, uh, I was told that uh, I cannot have, I had a severe case of uh, polycystic ovaries. Okay. And I was told, uh, I, it, it was bad, it was bad. I was growing hair, uh, just that I'm so yeah, light yeah. that I would have sideburns. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I would know exactly when they would be playing up. Mm. And even though the weight uh, I've been always managing because my workouts, but I would know when I would feel a bit more bloated. Mm. I need more power to hold everything uh, snatched and in. And I was told that uh, I would never be able to have children unless I have a treatment and I take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of PCOS patients, they were told that you just yes. have to manage it uh, your lifetime. 
As the luck wanted it, that year I had uh, education in the U.S. Uh, and the part of that education was uh, at least performance, that is current EXOS, which is uh, they're working with the top level athletes all over the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went there through their program mentorship. And for two weeks, our nutrition was measured. Uh, we were using uh, modalities of uh, jacuzzi and the chill bath. That is when I was first time introduced to the chill bath. I've been mm -hmm. practicing it so now we're talking 16 odd years ago oh wow it was there that's yes. oh wow uh, the the science before behind the chill baths and who is it for and how is it used and how does it affect lymphatic drainage yeah. has been around for a long time oh. it is just having a second life now mm -hmm. so i've been practicing it ever since uh, we were uh, working uh, three hours, uh, four hours intensive training. Then again, recovery training. I was adding my uh, breath work uh, to it. And after those two weeks, I went for a holiday with uh, to visit my family. So we ended up on a Croatian coast mm -hmm. for another ten days, being uh, in the sea, eating seafood, being in the sun, being like completely relaxed. Yeah. I came back from that trip pregnant. Mm happens <laughs> it was and again I, I probably also because it was like there is no way mm -hmm. so so there was a that <laughs> tiny little aspect but yeah. not for a, a different story <laughs> so but uh, so what I want to say is that when you more I relaxed. know I know so lots of things that I teach and the way I teach are actually based in the personal experiences and then I would look into the science of the things and I had the fortune to have a lot of uh, crappy stuff happening to me <laughs> along the line which is a great I learned a lot so and then I can apply that in in a shorter uh, period so absolutely there is uh, between de-stressing between the sleep between uh, your uh, workout patterns the nutrition all of that plays role and if you kind of bring that together yeah you our bodies are amazing our bodies can recover can heal can thrive through anything from anything mm -hmm. If you give it the right stimuli and then have a kind of gratitude and patience and love within yourself to say, yes, okay, hello, buddy. <laughs> now you're not listening, but I know you can do better. So what can I do for you? How can I support you? Yeah. So, so absolutely Pilates as a modality, but I would not only say it, okay, only Pilates, it is physical exercise so mm. getting your body to move along with meditating mindful practices nutrition rest when all of that comes together it kind of clicks yeah body can actually do much more and then of course uh, there is always space uh, for uh, allopathic modern medicine yeah of, of course, course that's yeah. why we have it so it's, it's not that that i would say we'll never do that no mm. absolutely but i am going to do everything in my power to give support to my system and then whatever additional push it's gonna be this much instead of that yeah i mean it's uh very interesting like you told, shared your experience that how when you were at holiday you were relaxed and then you got this news that you're yes. you're pregnant similarly a lot of uh, girls you know who go through pcos have same kind of experience when they're absolutely relaxed or not they're not concerned about you know getting uh, having a baby mm -hmm. or when they just think okay just let me forget about my pcos the couples when they you know completely okay just let's forget we'll deal it with it later and then suddenly this news comes okay you know doctor we are pregnant we are doing good so yes, yes. i mean rest good sleep and proper nutrition is definitely a key thing to this and exercise exercise and exercise. including exercise because you know with exercise you boost your metabolism your thyroid get active your or you know hormones they get active and of course you get rid of all the i mean some of the dirty hormones as well and when you eat good you balance your estrogen and progesterone level absolutely i mean and and of course, be away from the processed food because that is one which is a lot of, uh, you know, youngsters and also us, you know, we keep on doing. Uh, so I think the best way to manage PCOS is to do a good exercise, follow a great nutrition and relax as much as you can and Absolutely. not think about your PCOS. And that is a, to say my body can heal, my body can recover and I believe in that and then mm. kind of move with that because... 
what I think of, I will speak, I will do, it will become. Yeah, your cells will believe so that. So if I am predisposing myself that a diagnosis does not mean prognosis. Yeah. These are, and usually people, okay, I have this, therefore is that. Mm. It's not that. And you are the life proof of that, you know, how you that's, switched your life completely. Absolutely. So that's why I'm saying diagnosis does not mean prognosis. It means like, okay, this is what I have. Yeah. What can I do within what I have to support that healing journey? Mm. And then... Blinkers on one step at a time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why it's very important to look at any disease holistically rather than uh, seeing the prognosis because, you know, prognosis is going definitely to scare you. Uh, and a lot of modalities of treatment are based on prognosis. So, yeah, you have to do whatever you can at, you know, to improve the quality of your life so that you can get rid of the disease first and then simultaneously, of course, taking a doctor's Absolutely. recommendation and, you know, doing the best what you can. Absolutely. You know, Vesna? Yes. I mean, a lot of PCOS patients who are dealing with the regular stress. They have uh, one question that, okay, they are, have a regular routine, which is nine to five job. They have uh, work, they are into college schools. And in fact, uh, you know, they ha have a busy life and it becomes so much difficult for them to do exercise on a regular basis, right? So what is some, what are some exercise steps which they can do and still get a little bit benefit? I'm not talking here about only PCOS. I'm talking only, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about people in general who have a very, very busy schedule. I know it's absolutely important to take out 40 minutes for yourself because this is what you can do best for yourself. But I really want you to give some tips and tricks which they can do while they are on a run. This is a tough and not so tough one. It's a matter of priorities. Mm -hmm. When something is really, really, really important to you you find time that's true i mean but you find time. people come with various excuses so, so, okay, so, so let's that give is, them that something is a number that is a number one because uh, i know that if i don't move after a while everything will start hurting yeah and for as long as i'm moving whichever way that is for as long whatever amount of time i have mm. i know i will feel better i will feel calmer I will de-stress. So to me, movement is life. That there is no other yeah, option. Absolutely. Secondly, is people try to create a perfect environment. When I have this time, when I this, when this life is not perfect. Mm -hmm. So if one keeps on waiting, it keeps on not happening. Agree. You can work out anywhere. Yeah. You can be sitting in the chair in your office. You can be pulling knees to the chest. Uh, it's abdominal uh, crunch, uh, seated abdominal crunch. Your body doesn't know whether you're in the gym or a place of exercise. Body recognizes movement. Mm -hmm. Movement can be anything, anywhere. So if you start looking at the body, actually, I wrote a book about it, Work It Out Without the Workout, mm -hmm. that kind of gives ideas that at your workplace, we say, okay, I have to have a 40 minutes. No, you don't. If you don't have a 40 minutes, then that's a wishful thinking. What do you have? You have one minute. You have three minutes. Great. Let's do something for those three minutes. Yeah. That three minutes can be stretching if that is what you need. It can be abdominal work if that is what you need. If you want to energize yourself, you can just bounce around, do a few wall uh, push-ups and a few squats. Mm -hmm. You're not going to break sweat. You can do it in just about any environment with any footwear, including heels, done there, been there, done that, yeah. tried it. So it is, and if I manage to do three minutes here, two minutes there, I'm going to add a little stretch when I wake up. That would be four or five minutes. Doesn't need to be half an hour if you don't have those half mm. an hour. I'm going to add five, 10 minutes later on. Oops. I ended up with 25 minutes of a workout without actually noticing it. Yeah. And your body will still benefit. Mm. Of course, there will be time when it's just not going, you will not have a mental space. There will be a time when the circumstances are not going to allow you. That is fine. However, if you just do a few minutes here and there, that is still better than zero. Mm-hmm. 
any minutes is better than zero minutes. Of course. So that is on one side. And on the other side is then when you have a time, you can, uh, you can utilize it and then do your proper workout. A third is to make a commitment to yourself that I'm going to do it even if I don't feel like it. I'm going to do it even if I'm not in a mental space to do it. I'm going to do it regardless to what, because I know it is benefiting me. Mm. People feel inspired. They want to feel motivated. They, motivation uh, drifts off. We are motivated in January and then by March, everybody had forgotten everything. Right. Motivation kind of goes up. Oh, there is a wedding. There is an event. There is. So the way I'm looking and the way I'm feeling in the body is that if I look my entire life in totality, 80% mm -hmm. of the time I've been living this and then 20% was life. Mm -hmm. That's so, a good way to think. Because yeah. again, I'm here in the long run. I want to do this when I'm yeah. 70. I want to do this when I'm 90. I have every intention to be there. So, and there is no reason why body shouldn't be there. So those short-term goals should never be to mask. Oh, I don't have a time. You have three minutes. Mm -hmm. Do something three minutes. Tomorrow will be more. Day after will be less. Fine, but you will keep on walking one step at a time. That's true. And as you start feeling these benefits, you will get hooked. Yeah. And when you get hooked, that is when change happens. So just uh, let's hypothetically imagine, like, you know, if uh, somebody is sitting at the office, right? Mm -hmm. They're not. And, you know, some, sometimes the office atmosphere do not allow you to move around so much. Um, you know, a lot of uh, government offices do not have a lot of, you know, I mean, if there is lack of space of movement or things like that. What can one do sitting on the chair? I mean, I know one exercise which you suggest is Kegel for females. Yes. Right. Let's say like this. You're sitting on the chair, leg is stretched. You're just beautiful. Oh, oh this feels good. <laughs> this feels so good. Okay. Yeah. One side, other side. Uh-huh. You can do your neck stretches. Okay. Okay. So when you're doing marching, you can lean back. You can do abdominal crunches, bicycle, mm -hmm. twisted crunches. I haven't moved. Nobody knows that I'm doing if I'm in a cubicle. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's so many. I can reach down, get the stretch, hamstring stretch. I can go in this way, get into piriformis stretch. So there's so many things we can actually do mm. in the spot. And... Uh, People think that, and again, it's a matter of culture. I have done quite few workshops in the office environments, and that came up, that, that's a very good question. Like, I do not want to look stupid. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is, again, it is a shift in your mind. If it's okay to take a break to smoke a cigarette, if it's okay to take, to take a coffee. break to have a coffee, yeah. why you will be looking stupid why? if you go to do exercise for a few minutes? Yeah. How, I mean, it, it, it blows my mind. You know, I mean, it's not share a, a small story about my office. So, you know, since we have a lot of sitting work, right? So mm, I came up yeah. with this that every Monday we are going to, I mean, just to give them some movement. That every Monday we are going to do exercise for 15 minutes because I wanted everyone to open up and be comfortable mm. and then gradually do it every day. It was so hard for me to bring everyone at safety. They were like, okay, we are busy. And they always try to skip that 4, 4 p.m. We decided that 4 p.m. we need to get together and we are all going to do it together. Everyone used to escape it. They're like, yeah, we have to finish this. We have to finish that. It was just till now, you know, we haven't been doing that 4 p.m. Monday exercise. It is just crazy Anna, how, how you have to push. But, but that is exactly that, is that that shift mm. has to happen because I don't care if somebody thinks that I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. I don't care that somebody thinks I'm off my rockers. Great. You think that's good for you. I know why I'm doing it. No benefits. And again, if I'm not going to do good to myself, why am I bothered yeah. of something who knows nothing about me, my story and how important this is to me? Mm -hmm. So, and I'm again repeating that if it's okay to take a cigarette break, if it's okay to take a coffee or a coffee tea break, break yeah. why it is not okay to take a break to do a few minutes of exercising? Exactly. But now you guys in, have to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> but the interesting thing that has happened that in the offices that I've done and done the workshops and uh, kind of we had that shift 
it became a point of connection and point of giggle that you just see like one hand somebody stretching then you see another hand yeah, somebody yeah, else yeah. is stretching so it's a shift because if one person does it next day will mm. be two within a month they might be five and that is how change happens maybe maybe i'll call you someday you know to train my team how to do this to, but because i've how... seen you that you know you can work out anywhere like you know if somebody wants to go to her instagram page or follow her she can work out anywhere like she's dressed in gown and she'll be doing squat i have seen your airport videos where yes. their check-in is happening she's traveling internationally she's dressed up nicely and suddenly she's doing some push-ups at the airport while everyone is you know roaming around and watching this hot chick but yeah <laughs> this no, but because again i need to move yeah i happen to be there i still want to move yeah so so that's what i'm saying i do not care i mean daniela has been when she was growing up or even now she's like oh gosh mama again <laughs> she just goes I, walks away keeps, it's like i, I don't <laughs> said i don't know her right goes up just but i like away. your persistency you know you are just working out anywhere so that's why you know i think but one needs to do that without bothering about anyone recognizes the movement yeah. movement is life so and if we don't kind of use these little things here and there and then when you have time you will start creating time mm. wonderful yes. so you know we are about to you know we are at the end of the show but before we end the show i mean i know vesna that you teach kegel exercises you teach pilates you uh, teach um, sound meditation you teach pole dancing yes guys she is a fabulous pole dancer and you know pole dancer when you hear it sound it It sounds very, uh, you know, seductive, very beautiful, and very, you know, good to watch. But it just kills you, you know. It's just a tiny movement, or the movements it are very, very difficult. Those are very, very difficult. So, Vesna, just tell me here that if somebody is being very regular with Pilates, will they be able to pull themselves on the pole at certain point, or it just because I have tried pole with you? I could not do anything. I just was roaming around it, but you should watch her. She is fabulous uh, with poles. So what? I mean, how can one do that? How can one lift it? You really need to have a very strong core. Strong core, strong upper body, and yeah. again, anything can be conditioned to yeah. body. You can condition your body, right? and for women with just with naturally our upper body is not as strong, strong till yeah. because we don't pay attention to it let's rephrase it because for guys every day is uh, arm day yeah. for girls every day is a butter like day right in uh, the gym in the regular gym right <laughs> for me it's always core <laughs> so in the night throw in a few yeah. things so but uh, pole as apparatus uh, it, it's a uh, very athletic it's mm. very unusual and it's unlike anything i ever tried in my life and to me it was humbling and that that is the thing because i i kind of always call myself uh, like i will i will always study something i will mm -hmm. always be learning something so around 10 years or 8 years ago i was introduced to the pole first time and by that time i was already established in my field my core is strong i look great i'm like awesome yeah. i get to the pole and i can't do anything <laughs> i can't do anything i couldn't get my butt off the ground yeah that that's my situation as i <laughs> couldn't get my butt off the because my body had never experienced stimuli that way yeah never i never done a pull ups beyond the point right mm. plus again it's a different to do it this way it's completely different to do it that mm. way so as as an apparatus it was so unusual and it was so counterintuitive because the rules on the ground are completely different the rules on, on the, the pole, vertical yeah. apparatus and then i would get motion sickness i mean it was like everything that can go wrong on the pole had gone wrong for me mm -hmm. and then i was like i'm going to learn uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i so, must say that you know she's a fabulous pole dancer i mean uh, when i see you dancing i you. could recall you know jlo from the movie hustler thank you uh, she's so good right so oh. but i think you like you said it's all conditioning if you want it's to it's all conditioning it's all conditioning and to me as i say what attracted me to pole on one side was that it humbled me mm -hmm. it really and i was like 
huh, there is something new in terms of movement uh-huh. that uh, I could explore and I love to move, right? So, and that was okay, back to a drawing board yeah, because okay. I have a kyphotic spine. There is that history in, within my body. Mm. You see, whatever injuries you may have there with you, you learn how to manage and negotiate the space in life and do what you want to do. But then when you take something new, you have to kind of go back to mm. a drawing board. And I was like, okay, with my knowledge in um, physiotherapy, in the human body, in the movement, biomechanics, how can I apply that to this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how can I overcome things that don't come naturally to me? Yeah. I never thought that I'm particularly coordinated. I never thought I was particularly flexible. Never thought uh, that I have that upper body strength, mm-hmm. right? And then I would get uh, motion sickness. I mean, it, it doesn't get worse than that. Yeah, and yet... Yet, look how far I have come. Yeah, that's lovely. And I love that. (laughs) It just tends to prove how miraculous the body is. That it can take you to to places I never thought I would be doing this. Yeah, the body adapts. Again, my daughter, uh, oh, mom, again, you. (laughs) So that is kind of... And so, but these are the beautiful things about the movement that you keep exploring different things and it keeps you agile and it keeps you entertained and it Mm. keeps you. So my base is always this, what I'm doing and that provided and actually managed to, for this to be possible. And then you go into more specific, which is the uh, specificum of the apparatus. Wow. So yes, I think always being a learner, always being a student takes you always to a next level. I think I'm using always a lot of time. But uh, yeah, I mean, being a student is something will, that will take you to next level to whatever you want to achieve. So we have listened from Vesna that how she turned her life 360 degree, how she got what she wanted. And uh, still she says that she is a humble student and she is learning every day. So I think guys that this is a beautiful session and I hope that you guys have taken enough note for from the session today. And if you want to reach Vesna straight away, you can DM her and I'll be attaching all the links with the podcast here. Bye.